podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Welcome to the five-year plan podcast. Yay! Post- whose, whose voice is that? I can hear you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Introducing <laughs> it's the me. pod. I'm back. <laughs> back. I felt like doing the pod this week, yeah. so yeah. I'm yeah, back nice in. Nice of you to turn up. Yeah, uh, I want a bet as well. I said, it, I said, give him three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> James Endicott said, no, he'll, he'll want to be with the baby for five weeks. I went, no, three. He'll be back. He'll be back after three weeks. <laughs> it's nice, divorced, nice to be out of the house. How dare you? Yeah. Um, pod 302. Uh, Kevin Day is here. Hello there. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. All the best for seeing you. I'm... I'm my my little toe is recovering nicely from yes, Saturday's efforts. From the Marathon March Foundation. March. We missed you, mate. I did not miss the march. Yeah, um, Selsey, and I, I did miss it. Actually. Although it, it was, is, it it is w- a good fun. It was quite nice. You'll like this, Selsey, that Halfway through, we got instructions to do a walking pod. <laughs> so, I did listen to it. Yeah, so I we listened did... to it on my way. I was in I was in Yorkshire. Yeah, on Saturday night at Lee Camp, the Birmingham goalie's wedding. Nice. And I was listening to your podcast on the way there. So actually. we were we were about fourteen miles in. <laughs> Psychologically, we were walking along a flooded towpath. It was raining more than ever, and we did a walking podcast. Yeah. And the response was, "Couldn't you do a couple more minutes and maybe get Steve Parish?" <laughs> Uh, while he sat in his warm bedroom in Amersham, <laughs> sipping, marsh- sipping a marshmallow-flavoured drink. All, all four of us with our hoods up. And it's, uh, I can't, I can't, can't repeat. Can't be such a good producer, Kevin. I can't, I can't repeat. Was it really marshmallow-flavoured? <laughs> no, because I'm vegetarian. Um, what? Adam Sells. They're uh, marshmallows. Not vegetarian. They're not vegetarian. No, they got, they got gelatin or something in them. Oh, yeah. That's vegan. You can have a vegetarian. I'm not proper clean. Anyway, yeah, um, the, pod, the pod was very good from the march. I really enjoyed it. it was yeah, also, you can't toast. Me a fire's not vegetarian, is it? Obviously, so you can't toast marshmallows. <laughs> Fire, <laughs> uh, one day it will be. Um, Adam Sells, hi, how are you? Oh, very well, thank you. Good, delighted to see you after uh, such a time. Although you're much greyer, I didn't I think I'd get so you. What pod number is this, by the way? Uh, it's pod 302. Ooh, 302. Um, are we having a celebratory one for 303 or 304? Or? Maybe, yeah, who knows? Okay. They're all celebrations, right. Selsie, really, yes. at the moment. Celebrations of life. I will say, we've had some really good feedback from the last couple of pods, Sean Derry pod. Had great feedback and Paul from the Croatics on last week great feedback as well so yeah uh, thanks to those guys for coming on I, I have to say both as well I mean Sean Derry won anecdotally the feedback was very good but a lot of people have spoken to me personally since last week's pod uh, to say what a relief it was to hear other men talk about yeah. things that they thought happened only to them so so that was very useful. Yeah, and the march is uh, the well, it's not the march; it's the walk from Selhurst to the Emirates is still taking place yes. on the twenty seventh, Sunday twenty seventh. Yep. Um, there are details online somewhere. They'll be on our Twitter account or at Homestyle Cravatics, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you want to join it, do that. But well done to Kevin, the team. JD and myself are back, so we apologise in advance for the uh, lower level of content this week. Uh, well, well, speaking of content, <laughs> we have a lot of fans of our content because it's time for some iTunes reviews. Ooh. Are you ready for this week's reviews? I think oh, we need on. background music for these going forward. So, so some kind of soft, yeah, tinkly. Yeah. So, it's oh, oh my to, God, yes. Yeah, I, 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 I think, some, yeah, that music I, I then I think okay. you should read it in the style of Alan Fluffery, but he wouldn't know who that is, would he? <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to know who <laughs> that is. He doesn't know who that is, does he? Pot pickers, you know, you've heard of him? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, no, I'm not okay. doing that, but I will put a little jingly. Alan Freeman was one of, you know, Smashy and Nicey. Yeah, one of them. Charity. Based on Anyway, I'll put a music little bit under. Are you ready for this review? It's titled South London's Number One. 
Great blend of comedy, in brackets Shady and Kevin, insight, in brackets Selzy and Rob, and a gruff northern accent. Make this palace pod the best there is by a country mile. Keep up the good work. And that's Nathan Jones, one of our patrons. Thank you, Nathan, one of our patrons. I can't wait to when Endicott said, what did they say about me? <laughs> oh, oh, gruff northern accent. I'm a bit upset, Nathan. I thought I did the comedy. <laughs> uh, and then this one is from D-Turn UK. And he said, THE, in capitals, Palace Podcast. I very much enjoy the five-year plan Palace podcast. Oh, Keep it lovely. simple, short Thank and sweet. You both. Thank you, Thank you very much Nathan. for your kind words. Yes. So um, please leave us a review on iTunes and obviously a five-star rating because um, it helps other people find the pod. Are you ready for today's patron shout-out? Always. Is always it ready. Is it? Are you a patron? I'm a patron. Are you? Yeah. It's, it's why... We need to be. Why the E in patron? help. Patreon. It's an American thing, I think. Possibly. Zelda is. Yeah. Oh, is it an American it thing? Drives, it really annoys me. Really, yeah. <laughs> that There's really no annoys it's, you. It's, if it's of not, all the things in the world. Well, no, you know how many things annoy me, but that, having to read it last week, because if, if the E's there, there's a silent E. Is, you know, it's Patreon. Quite common. Mm. Anyway, this person's also got a couple of E's in their name. Terrible link. Uh, this week's patron is Michael Camilleri. Hi, Michael. Camilleri. Hello, Camilleri. Michael. What a legend. Oh, we don't need Alan Fluffery. We've got Alan Partridge <laughs> after all. <laughs> My God, you're on form today. Um, you Keep can join. Too many weeks. You can join our patron at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. We'll have more questions from our WhatsApp club members later on in the pod. Um, because there's no game to review, international mm. break, we're going to start off with The Athletic. Oh, okay. Oh. And this week's article... Actually, let me introduce them, of course. The Athletic, a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based website and app, completely ad-free, no annoying pop-ups, no ads, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And, Selzy, we got an offer, of course, which is <laughs> visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to get a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly sub Subscription. You know, she sells out to you, sells it because you're the businessman in the. Sounds in the, too good to yeah. sounds too good to refuse to me. If you haven't signed up already, get on it. Well, that's, good go. that's good podding. That is good. That's on message podding. Don't look a gift horse <laughs> in the mouth, people. <laughs> Might use that later on. Um, this week's article um, it's by Matt Wisdom and it's called uh, Kelly's contribution goes under the radar, but he could be next in line for a regular spot in Palace's starting eleven. We're fans of Martin Kelly on this pod, aren't we? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm Martin Kelly, aren't I? <laughs> You know, the, the bloke you the use when Martin. no one else can come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much like the real Martin. You are smashing it, mate. Yeah, so, thank you, well thank done. you, thank um, you. I'm going to read you a little clip from it and then um, we'll talk about Martin Kelly. Um, this is from uh, Matt Wilson's article. He says, It'll be difficult for Kelly to unsee any of Cahill, Tompkins or Sacco, but come a dip in form or further injuries, which given their injury records is highly possible, it's likely he will get another chance to stake a claim for a starting spot. With Roy Hodgson's preference not to make many changes, a strong performance could see him retain his place uh, should he return to the starting 11. And then he goes on to talk about how he's in his sixth season. Obviously, you know, Tony Pulis quit the day he uh, arrived and he sort of battled back through various adversities in various positions. And then there's a lovely line here that says, a popular figure in the dressing room, he's the ultimate professional and is regularly one of the first to arrive at training. I love that, Kevin. Yeah, reliable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Locke once did his nut because uh, he was described on a poster for a gig as reliable. <laughs> it's not, it's not the, the greatest. Um, Matt's a very good writer, but... Um, He's a little late to the the Kelly loving, really, and I think we started the loving. On, on, on <laughs> we take credit for this, really. Well, I think I, I, I thought what was interesting about Matt's piece, the whole piece, was the amount of games that Kelly's actually played surprised yeah. me because I think our instinct is that he's had to battle his way into the affections of five or six different managers now. So I was surprised to see he played that many games, but. We've been talking for... 140 appearances yeah, yeah, in, the top, yeah. in the top flight. We've been talking for... Yeah, that surprised me. But we've been talking for several pods about how, possibly at the moment, Kelly and Cahill is the number one choice at centre-back. And, yeah, we've got a massive test for both of them coming up against the, the pace and the mobility of Man City. But in the past three or four games, they've looked a really good, reliable centre-back pairing. And I think it's it's less a case of Kelly having to step down than of... of Tompkins, Dan and uh, Saka having to fight their way back into the the team, to be perfectly honest. Because I think Cahill, again, possibly to our surprise, he has made himself number one when I certainly thought that Cahill would be the backup centre-back. But I think Cahill's certainly the first choice. And for, for me at the moment... I, I, if all if all of them were fit, I would still start with Kelly as the, the first choice centre back because he's been fantastic. I think mean, Matt does make the point as well about I wouldn't really want to see him playing full back 
certainly against a team like Man City, is he's, he hasn't got the pace, but he's certainly got the intelligence and enough pace to play centre back. I mean, I don't know, so is it, I mean, arguably, you've got two of the slower centre backs in the Premier League with, with Cahill, but I think when you've got that much experience, it's, it probably doesn't make a difference. I think it's hard to drop him in current form. And, and as Matt says, Roy does like to keep a, a consistent team. And given his performances recently, Selzy, I mean, it'd be very, very harsh to drop him, even if it was for Tompkins. It's very difficult, isn't it? I mean, he's done very well, particularly since Roy's turned up, I think, the last couple of seasons. Mm. You know, thought under Pardew, he probably looked like he lacked a bit of confidence from time to time. He played left back, yeah. right back. And when he played full back, strangely seemed better on the left than he the did on the right, back, yeah, even though he's a right foot. So I I just, I, I thought he was always a little, lacking almost a little bit of self-confidence in games, uh, Martin Kelly, but Roy really likes him. And I think that players have a feeling, you know, with a manager and they know they're trusted and well thought of. And he's a dream, isn't he? Because he comes in and does a job for you. Doesn't cause a fuss if he's not in the side. And it is an area where Kev was talking about. I mean, we're just very well stocked. We, we've got five good central defenders, mm. really. And <clears throat> I know that you've heard this from me before. I mean, Sacco is my favourite central defender ever that's played for Crystal Palace. Gary Cahill has done brilliantly since he's turned up. Tompkins must have been very close to an England court. I mean... Mm. I had this conversation the other day with somebody that, uh, you know, I, I, Tompkins, to me, the, the two fellas that played for England on Friday night against the Czech Republic, Maguire and Keane, um, and Keane yeah. I wouldn't have particularly I, in front of him. Well, you I know, I think I he, he I can't agree be far with you out. And then yeah. Kelly and Scott Dan has been, again, a very, very reliable and decent performer for us. So... The only problem is, though, Adam, is that out of those five centre-backs you mentioned, three of them, you very rarely get two or three games in a row out of, don't you? That's the that's, yeah. well, that, And it, well, that was Roy's smart move, really, with the depth. He was yeah. pushing hard, I think, to get Gary Cahill. And you understand why, because it's an area where, although we're well-stocked, we do have a lot of injury problems. It's a very Roy situation to be well-stocked in central defence, well-stocked in defensive midfield, and everything else take care of itself. Well, it's I a think, dream scenario, really. Well, it is. I mean, again, we've talked... I mean, every pod we talk about the, the strength and depth on the squad, but I think probably most managers at any level will tell you that the, the, the two places you probably want to be oversupplied is central midfield and central yeah. defence, essentially. I mean, obviously, in an ideal world, you'd be a Man City or a Liverpool, you'd have two first-teamers for every choice. But And, of course, full-back and you know, striker needs looking at. But th- th- those are two areas where we are blessed. I mean, there, there are certain sorts of players, they're Roy Hodgson players, but we, you know, it's very difficult to nail down who is first choice central to are and it's and we've we're lucky to have choices in in both those areas and I think I, I don't think anyone really expected Cahill to be this much I mean probably wrongly didn't expect yeah, that I, I mean I certainly yeah. didn't but I, I, I well, think, there was no fanfare when he came in no one was thinking this is going to be bargain no. of the summer everyone was like okay yeah fair enough but he, he's really excelled he himself just a bit of experience cover yeah. and yeah well, that's on, I think because they realise the fans as a lot of us did myself included saw it not as a negative move but didn't see it as a Positive, well, because there ambitious was, move, yeah, yeah, but also maybe yeah. maybe overshadowed by the fact there was no right back and no striker yeah, coming yeah. in. Yeah, it, it, for me, it sort of encapsulates the way that I see sort of management of uh, in football in the sense that there are two things. The first thing is that you hear often the criticism of that's thrown out of he doesn't know his best team yeah. about a manager. I don't think that's actually a bad thing. If you don't know your best team, that generally means you've got a lot of very good options <laughs> at your disposal. And if I, I don't know our best centre-half partnership at the moment, yeah, because my, my belief is Mamadou Sacco is our best. Yeah. But that doesn't... The, the second point I was going to say to you, when I worked with Gary for all those years, I used to have this conversation with him all the time. There are players that you rate as such, who you think are... This is Gary, is Yeah, yeah. yeah. Top-class top players, if you like. And there are other lads who perhaps you don't see as top class, but sometimes that lad is having a really purple patch and yeah. a really good spell of form. And I think often as a manager, you have to go with that, even if you don't believe that that person is really a better player than X or Y, because X could be a good player in bad form and a yeah, player yeah. who's not as good in a very rich yeah. vein of form 
is something sometimes you just sort of ride the waves, you know, and football's been sort of over the years, you know, throwing up some very strange situations like that where you've had, you know, I think back like with goalkeepers, Leeds had Nigel Martin, who was exceptional. He came, he got injured. Paul Robinson got into the team, ended up taking his place at Leeds, taking his place with England. But most people would have said to you he wasn't as good a goalkeeper yeah. as Nigel Martin. And, you know, Paul Warhurst, who played centre-half for Palace oh, in I remember the, him, yeah. 97. You know, played up front for Sheffield Wednesday for yeah. that spell and had a striker crisis and couldn't stop scoring, you yeah. know. The Wednesday night singing Warhurst for Wink for England every week and all that sort of oh, stuff. God, I remember him linking up with Lombardo in that goal yeah. away at so, Leeds as well. No, I think one, one other point on that. If you're a manager, and I don't know what Roy's take on this is, but for me, if you're a manager and you want to keep all of your players happy... My view is that you sort of bring everyone together on the first day of pre-season and you say, or thereabouts, you know, look, I'm going to pick the team and the team is going to be picked on possession of the shirt and merit. So just because you're not in the team, it doesn't mean I don't rate you yeah, or I don't yeah. fancy you. What I'm saying to you is if you play well for three games but get injured and the next guy comes in and does a great job, in order to be fair to the other members of the squad, the bloke who's in possession will remain in possession until his form or injury or suspension. Uh, that's clearly something else. It is happening, yeah. The, 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 the other problem with centre-back pairings as well, though, is that you would probably say that yeah, Sacco and Cahill are probably the best two. If, if you, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're the best pair. No. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you need, you know, I, this is not something I really thought about. I mean, Neville bangs on, but Gary Neville bangs on. Ideally, you need a left-footed centre-back on the left side. You need a right-footed centre-back. You could do one's got a bit more pace than the other. And so sometimes the pairings are not are not quite... A, the best two players are not the best yeah. centre-back pairing. And nobody at the start of the season would have said, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll have, we'll take a punt on Cahill and Kelly. Mm. But it turns out that they... Well, that's like when Gerrard and Lampard couldn't play for England. Yeah, it, yeah. The two best midfielders, yeah. but they couldn't... Yeah. They but could, also, you I think also had skulls and you, you couldn't... You could you could argue all three of them are very worthy of a place. I mean, I thought Steven Gerrard is probably the best the best player I've ever seen that this country's produced. Oh, okay. And interestingly, when I went to a lunch with that Roy was speaking at uh, at the end of last season, he was asked the very same question, and he said Gerard. Steven Gerrard oh. was the best player he'd ever. Well, worked. Well, also, like Andres Rubens. As yeah, well. I, I think the two <laughs> the two centre backs are making the fullbacks better at the moment as well. Because yeah. I think if there is a player going under the radar rather than Kelly, it's Joel Ward yeah. at the moment, who's having, you know, he, he got rightly criticised for that mistake against Wolves, but otherwise he's had a really good, apart from the Sheffield United game, he's had a really good season. Bit of a renaissance. And Van Arnholt, Kelly's in Van Arnholt, uh, Cahill's at Van Arnholt all the time, talking to talking him all the time and reining him in a little bit to stop yeah. So they've arguably, the back four is as good as it's been. For the Tottenham game, notwithstanding, which is a, a freak. Oh, yeah, Missing James MacArthur. Can I? Yeah, can I? In front of them. Can yeah, I round yeah. off this part then, really quickly? And this might be a ridiculous question, Kevin. It's but... not about Andres Rubens. <laughs> no, it's not. I inadvertently but... scouted him for Crystal Palace. You scouted inadvertently. Rubens. <laughs> inadvertently, because I, I, I well, was in a casino. I, 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 I thought it was Gary Johnson. Well, Gary Johnson was the manager of the Latvian national team yeah. at the time. Alan Smith was our manager. <laughs> We had a parents' evening for the academy on a Tuesday night. This is so Alan Smith, by the way. And I like Smithy. My son, hello, how are you? You know, all that. He goes, Selzy, um, I need you to go to Latvia on Thursday night. Um, well, it's Tuesday night and I've got a few things on this week. Don't worry, uh, I'll ring you tomorrow. And then I got a call. He had a secretary called Angela who rang me the next day and said, I've booked your flights to Riga. <laughs> I was like, I never said I could go. <laughs> and she said, well, you'll fly from Gatwick to Copenhagen and then on to, on to Riga tomorrow night. You're going to watch the train on Friday, see the game on Saturday, and then you're coming back on Sunday. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, I'll turn up. And that's why you missed your wedding. I, yeah, I'll turn, up, I'll, I'll, turn, I'll turn up in Riga on a Thursday night and... They'd lost all the luggage in the uh, in the change in um, in the transfer in Copenhagen, so there I am at one a.m. in the morning in Riga. I don't know a soul. I don't know where I'm going, where I'm staying, who I'm meeting, but and I've got not even a toothbrush. So it wasn't the greatest night of my life. Anyway, I ended up having to to go out and buy a load of gear the next day to wear and uh, toiletries and all that sort of stuff. My bag turned up an hour before kickoff on the Saturday night, just in time for the game. And uh, and and they played Scotland. 
and uh, I was at the game and it was on Channel 5 when they first started covering international football and I was getting all these ridiculous messages throughout the game. My phone just kept buzzing in my pocket and everyone calling me Andy Seals for some reason, <laughs> right? And Gary Bloom, who was commentating, or when I saw it, when I got home, was commentating on the game, said, oh, and Alex Kalinko's been watched by Crystal Palace scout Andy Seals. So uh, that that stuck with a few of my mates for a little while, as you can imagine. And uh, anyway, we ended up taking Kalinko one Saturday morning. I think we were playing Fulham, and Alan was the manager. He went, sells it, yeah. Did you see Andreas Rubens while you were there? I said, yeah, I did actually. What do you think? Well, he was quick and quite skillful. You know, not a bad player. Good, because we're signing him on Monday morning. <laughs> so I was like... Oh, right. in them as well. <laughs> yeah, so I saw that bit. Saw... Sorry about that diversion anyway. But <laughs> oh, that goal that against Liverpool, though, will live yeah, on. Yeah. Right, yeah. I saw Latvia playing Liechtenstein. Did you? Yeah, the ball got lost in a pond. <laughs> Is that... It was a, it was a, it was a proper UEFA qualified match. How long ago was that? It's 1999, 2000. Wow. Well, what was, what was you, the question you were going to ask me, Jim? No, I was going to say, and were you down as Kevin D? Kevin <laughs> 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 Sounds very uh, yeah. not, uh, New Zealand. Yeah, um, you were going to ask me something really before we quickly, went to Riga, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about England, yeah. and if Kelly keeps up this, this form, is it ridiculous to suggest that yes. he could play? Well, if you've got Michael Keane who's not playing well for Everton, why not Kelly? I think, I think well, Matt touches on that. In the, I, I think the trajectory that Southgate wants to take is towards younger players. I mean, Kelly got... Uh, one captain, didn't he? Roy Hodgson picked him for, yeah, in, for England. Was it Roy that it, I think it was in yeah, yeah. Euro, Euro 2012. Yeah, it's Hodgson yeah. that picked him. Um, I think it's about as likely as Gary Cahill getting a captain. Cahill said he would never play international football again. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the, the lack of pace is a slight issue. I think you know, it's fair to say that we, we've got tougher games than the opposition we've had. I think Southgate would think. I think he was he's good enough because I, I I absolutely agree with Sylvia. I think Maguire is hugely overvalued. I agree. I, agree. I think Keane. I think Southgate Only picking about sixty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if you'd seen him play against <laughs> us the last couple of seasons, you wouldn't be rushing with your know, eighty I, million pound check, would you? I, yeah, I think as well. You know, there's, a, there's a different podcast to be had about Southgate picking players that are out of form with their with their club. I mean, Everton have conceded more goals from set pieces than any other club in the Premier League and that's partly Keane's fault and so it's no surprise to see us concede from a set piece against the Czech Republic on Friday night so yeah I would have England, Kelly in the England squad but I don't think I can't imagine for a moment unless there's a huge injury crisis that I think Tamori is likely to get in the squad I mean Mings was there are other players Tamori has played well to be fair but yeah he has but he's still what six games into his Premier League Career, yeah. as compared to Kelly's 140. 140. I think, I mean, the, the the argument is obviously it is a position for experience to a degree, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's it's where you want where the sort of yeah. foundation of your team is really your central defenders, and you need reliability. That word again, reliable. Yeah, and but the uh, I'd argue that England currently are not very good central defensively and not very good. In central midfield, either quite yeah. honestly, I think attacking midfield players, forward players, yeah, yeah. we're not bad, but the rest of the team is yeah. very average, I think. So, <laughs> to to rule it out completely yeah. is probably not quite fair because the 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 situation currently would say, well, he probably wouldn't do a lot worse. But then on the other side of it, as you said, the age element and the yeah. direction that well, Carroll's taking us in. Is you've also got there. the you've also got the psychology. He wouldn't pick one if one Bissaka was still a Palace player. I don't think. And he, he, and he got picked as soon as he became yeah, United. I, I, well. I think he's. I think for some reason Southgate is doubly reluctant to pick Palace players in case he's seen as favouritism. Yeah. Okay. I'm hoping Wan Bissaka becomes the new uh, Mark Hudson. You know where he left <laughs> to go to the next level and ended up relegated that season. <laughs> that would be very harsh. But, and then he's Huddersfield manager at some yeah. point. Well, that United back four, 260 million quid. That United back four. It's not just those Maguire and Wan Bissaka. The other two Lindelof. Great starts. Lindelof. Yeah. And That's the other. David De Gea's new weekly wage. Isn't it? 260. Well, anyway, million. listen. Sorry. That's been a great discussion. Enjoyed that. And you can read Matt's no article. No either, was it? <laughs> no, I, lo- I love it when you do that. Um, you can read Matt's article at The Athletic. It's called Kelly's Contribution Goes Under the Radar, but he could be next in line for a regular spot in Palace's starting level and loads of other Palace coverage Matt, as well. I'll tell you what Matt could work on. Pithier titles. <laughs> yeah, I, I got halfway through that. Yeah, it's a bit. Ask Matt if he writes an article about 
Andreas Rubin's next week. We'll talk about Martin <laughs> Kelly. How about that? Um, and, and you can sign up to The Athletic at theathletic.co.uk forward slash FIP. You get a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. So thank you to those guys. That was a good first part of the pod. Um, after the break, we've got questions from our listeners. Three. Weddings are the celebration of all the details that make a couple perfect for each other. And you can find your perfect fit, too, at Indochino. Choose every detail of a custom-tailored suit, from lapels to linings and more, starting at just $4.99. My bad. Shh. Sorry. Find the suit that's perfect for you. Go to Indochino.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's 10% off $3.99 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Code PODCAST. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Pod 302. Always sounds terrible when I cheer on my own self. Sorry, yeah, what was that? What Sorry, yeah. The break was You're too thinking quick. About, thinking <laughs> you about can't Rubens. even break your leg that quick, can <laughs> you? thinking about Andreas Rubens again. Yeah, I was. Oh. Um, pod 302, and it's tar- It's a question special this week, obviously, international. Of course. Bre- well, quickly, what are your thoughts on the international break, Kevin? you enjoy it or not a fan? I think we made our thoughts quite clear last time we did one of these. Oh, no, I'm not no, a fan of the international. Me neither. It's... Um, I, I understand why they're there, but they, they come too early in the season. The, player, the, the players yeah. like them. The players well, who don't they, play international well, they get football. A holiday, yeah. They yeah, get, the players oh, who are not, okay, yeah. the players I mean, who are not uh, picked for their countries love Dean, them. Dean Henderson, who yeah. got called up with England this week, he was uh, he he went after the game at Watford. He was telling me they played uh, Watford true nil nil on the last Saturday. Saturday night he flew to Portugal. He was there Saturday night, Sunday, Monday. Tuesday. He was meant to come back on Wednesday to start training Thursday and then he got the England call on the Tuesday so he had to come back a day early but that's not untypical of a club situation yeah. you know where they give the players because if you're Sheffield United they don't actually play until next Monday against yeah. Arsenal. Oh, yeah, long time off, so yeah. there's like 16 days so they can only do two and three day training blocks at a time anyway. Big week for him. I bet yeah. he was delighted yeah. to be called up to sit on the bench. Well, he'll be what, more delighted because he's going to go into my fantasy team this weekend. Really? So you picked him, I think I might go ahead. Because that was one of the most tawdry 90 minutes of international football. Not only England beating up a poor Bulgaria team, but the, the behaviour of the crowd was just... It was reprehensible. And the fact that there are no, you know, um, you know, there's still people trying to defend themselves. Well, there's only 150 of them. You can't judge. Who's a whole, defending that? You can't judge a whole country on. But there were no policemen around those kids. There were no stewards. They left on their own. They weren't kicked out. No, they weren't. Yeah, that Open, was a bit that surprised me that nobody actually did anything about no, it. They, I mean, in fairness, Kev, it doesn't mean everyone that's Bulgarian is a racist. No, no, of course it doesn't. No, but, but, but there's enough of it. It's but not it was like, so vocal. It's, it's not one. Or, it's not one or two no, idiots. No, it was a bit it's, like. It's, Game yeah. in 1985. When you got Tyrone well, Mings know. turning around to the line and saying, yeah. can you hear that? Well, I mean, yeah. the sad so fact is it's a bit like an England game in 1985, yeah, which yeah. shows how much progress we've actually made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a different argument about the lack of black directors and black chairmen, etc. But it does show that progress can be made. But that was... I mean, to me, that was almost like the Bulgarian authorities knew they were going to be there and had yeah. said to them, look, after the second warning, off you go. And it doesn't help that you've got yeah. the head of the Bulgarian FA yeah. saying there's no racism in Bulgaria and the manager saying, I didn't hear it. Yeah. That know, just doesn't yeah. I thought Southgate yeah. actually was really good after the game. Yeah. I thought they all handled it. I thought yeah, Ian Wright was too harsh on Greg Clark afterwards going, you know, yeah. what, what does he mean they want to do something about it? You know, I thought he spoke really, really well and was pretty direct and straightforward about it all. And, you know, at the end of the day, the authorities are there to try and police what goes on and make sure it's a nice experience. But they can't control everything no, and everybody. But when it's that facility, it's yeah, 2019. But, the, yeah, well, that's... That's a cultural argument. UEFA can't control racism in Bulgaria. No. It's a country that racism will only end in Bulgaria. It will be three generations' time yeah. when they've had their, their own migrant situation. When they're, they're not a country that's ever had immigrants. Yeah, people UEFA, leave Bulgaria and they don't go to it. But, but UEFA can do something like it now. Of course they can. But And, and UEFA, the protocols were followed yeah. and they did work. And of course there has to be punishment. That's the, the problem. And it might, that's always been my issue. I would applaud and support any black player who wanted to walk off and you'd yeah. hope the rest of the team followed him. But the issue there is that I don't think UEFA would back it up 
with with any firm action. It's so, hard to know. Yeah. It's hard to know what to do for right. Of isn't course, it? It I mean, I saw Chris Kamara was tweeting, you know, don't walk off, you yeah. know, don't let them win. And there's that that part. There's that's in me as well to a degree. The older that, generation that you, of black you, players. You don't yeah. want to ignore it yeah. because it's a problem, but you also don't want to give them too much yeah. power or reverence yeah, either. Yeah. Do you? You know, it's very hard to comprehend somebody with this mindset in the first place. Yeah. So, well, the, the, the bottom yeah. line is the, it shouldn't be the players who have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. The players shouldn't have to be the ones who say, right, we're not coping. It, yeah, yeah. it has to be UEFA. And, and luckily, last night, UEFA did yeah. do what they were supposed to do. But it'll be interesting it's, to see what happens from now on. It feels like a sort of line has been drawn in the sand, and I hope yeah. that there is repercussions. Um, let's move on to questions from our listeners. Crispin Chapel. Hello, Crispin. Hello, Crispin. You name. must be the first Crispin that we've ever had on the... Uh... Possibly. Great yeah. name. Uh, I think it's one for you, Kevin. He says, what aches more, knees or feet? Two, two, oh, two days in and I'm just starting to function normally again. So Crispin was clearly on the walk as well. Well, well done, Crispin. Uh, I think we spoke to most people on the walk, which is, well, not the ones who powered off ahead, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the honest answer to that question, Crispin, is I, not to, the, my, both little toes are still really, really hurting. But I think that's possibly because I've got. I think I may have trench foot. I don't mean. I don't mean to. I don't mean. Trainers too tight. No, not at all. And I don't mean to denigrate all those people who went through the First World War. But this, (laughs) I think I probably have to. No, it's because it's partly my fault. It's partly because the towpath was flooded at one stage, and because I'm a professional comedian, I did the the classic stop. Here we go. go. Just walked straight into it. It was much deeper than I thought. So my (laughs) feet were soaking. So that was partly the problem. But. um, also, I have to say, uh, and this went against all medical advice, at our last stop, uh, Andy Street, uh, and it's lovely, so I walked with Andy and Rob and Julian Chenery yeah. most of the day. It's, there's only so many theatrical anecdotes you can take, but thank you <laughs> thank you for your company, Julian. Well He's done, great. lads. Cool, but, um, <laughs> cool, everyone did. That's but, what I have to call it, yeah. But we talked to a lot of people during uh, But then the final stop, uh, Street, you went, oh, so they've got this uh, Glenn Morangi that's... Oh, um, for, you did that last year, didn't you? No, I didn't, but because I'm a professional. But he said it's 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 aged in rum cast. I was like, I don't really like whiskey or rum. He said, so we, we all had a double of that, and we flew the last five miles. Oh, that's the secret. So that's my advice to anyone doing it next year. So Crispin, the, the large Morangi, the Morangi. Can I say that's what they're giving them the Oregon project? Apparently, so. a big shout out to everyone that sponsored us. So we 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 were quite late in setting up our sponsorship page, and we set a target of five hundred quid. And in nine days, we've raised one thousand and seventy nine pounds. Yeah, which yeah is well, amazing. also I have to say thank you because that podcast worked because we we almost doubled what we had already during and after that podcast so yeah um, people have been incredibly generous yeah I think as well I think as people realised how not for me because you know I loved the rain in the winter I was the only one cheerful through the whole <laughs> thing look, but and that photo that Rob took you didn't look that happy about the rain well that's because I'm a professional comedian I was doing deliberately because <laughs> the other two were smiling what else could I do also that was it, it, Julian God bless him was in full anecdote about some wardrobe assistant that annoyed him in, <laughs> in, in 1985 so it's like literally please let it stop <laughs> can I just really quickly then if, if you'd still like to sponsor us we would obviously appreciate it our just giving page is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash FYP March 2019 and obviously all donations greatly uh, appreciated by the foundation um, next question is from Art Vandelay 32 Hi Art and he says Art um, Vandelay is he Dutch? Art, well, possibly he says um, should we persuade Benteke to wear a Belgium shirt as an undergarment it could trick him into <laughs> thinking he's playing for the national side thus leading to a potential goal for Palace and Kevin Benson has got a similar question Hi, Kevin. he says Benteke scores are the planets aligned? This is Benteke's goal against San Marino in that very close nine-nil win. Uh, yeah, I'd like I'd like to pass this to Selzy actually because we've we've talked a lot about Benteke, and I think everybody on the pod. I know the Wolves game there's a certain anger directed towards him, but I think most people on the pod share most Palace fans. It's more exasperation than anger, really. So I'll be interested to see what you think. So, I, I think he's, you know, I think the fans in general have been pretty good to him. You think he'd be chased out of town in certain places. The goal against San Marino, the problem was in the Premier League, most of the goalies dive when the ball's next to him. So that's, that's that's one issue that we might have. But uh, he got he got actually dropped after that, the San Marino goalie after the dine. 
and was replaced by Aldo Simoncini yeah. for the uh, second game. One of yours? a certain brand of gloves that you might have seen on the television. <laughs> oh, here we go. There's no Any such excuse. thing as bad publicity, well, as they so say. Whether there's a lot of goals or not, it's always on the TV. So, uh, <laughs> mind you, the Scotland fellow had them on as well, but it, I don't think he well, came into view once the, in 90 well, minutes. Oh, the Scotland guy, not, John the, guy, not, not the other keeper uh, that picked the ball up outside. Yeah, that was him. That was a San Marino one. That was, uh, yeah, that was uh, You hadn't bugged him yeah. a few bob to do that, no, did no, so no, the camera Focus on the gloves no, I'm outside. Not that the... Clever. <laughs> uh, no, uh, in answer to your question yeah. about Benteke, I think Benteke has an obvious strength. His aerial menace and prowess is something that's probably unmatched by any other forward in the Premier League. Unfortunately, on the floor, we haven't really seen the type of goals that we'd seen him score for Villa and Liverpool. I remember the one where yeah. he Robs got down and shaped one round Julian in, yeah. uh, in the Villa game and. That bicycle kick volley he scored at Old Trafford for Liverpool and stuff. We haven't really seen that. But I think the way we play now, where we play through the pitch, we tend to slide people in on the goal much more rather than mm. in Pardew's reign, it was get the ball wide with Balassi yeah. or Townsend and Wilf and put crosses in. It suited Benteke a bit better. But I think on that side, you can only make so many excuses in, in the respect of that. And I know you mentioned the Wolves game. Well, in hindsight, in the cold light of day, get the ball down, put the ball behind Connor Cody. So Wilf is chasing it down. He's either going to score, he's going to bring him down, get a throw, get a corner, whatever. But it's really easy to say when we've all examined what's happened in the very moment. And I know someone will come back and say, oh, he's a professional and all that. But at that moment that he took the ball down, I wasn't saying that to myself while I was watching the game. And I tend to watch the game like I'm sort of talking everyone through it, yeah, like hit yeah. it, do this, do that, you know, time, whatever, in my head. And and so it's it's all decisions. And when you're on a football field, you play on instinct. You, you're an intelligent player, but you're still using your instinct to, yeah, to get you Yeah, but it seems there. like him, that instinct from that first season has, has dried up. It's gone. He needs, no, he needs... I mean, the fact is that the chance he missed, he, done, he did everything right. He'd beaten the defender, he'd sat the keeper down. Yeah. What he needs is a, a chance where he hasn't got time to think. That's I what wonder, he needs. I wonder yeah, Kevin yeah. took one too many yeah. touches with that. He, no, he you probably know? did. Once but he again, had the first one, put it round the other side. It's a goal, but, but he's trying yeah, to be a little bit, a bit too clever. clever but, yeah. but that's but that's a lack of confidence rather than too much confidence. What he needs is something to happen in the blink of an eye, and he yeah. doesn't can't think. Is yeah. your instinct though, Silsy, knowing the club as you do that he'll be here next season? It's a hard one to say. I know that they. They had a couple of offers for him during the summer, but not a valuation I don't think that they found particularly attractive. Um, I I think... I, I wouldn't necessarily completely write him off, I have to say, because football changes so quickly. If I'd have said to you last year, you know, in, in, in December or 12 months ago, let's say, were we October, middle of October, that you'd all be telling me that Jordan Ayew was our number one striker yeah, and he can score a goal every two games and yeah, yeah, we really football. like him yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Football changes so quickly. All it takes is someone to hit the back of the net two or three times and all of a sudden the confidence comes back. They look a different player. So I never, ever... I'm always reluctant. I know that I'm a bit too probably... Uh, I get told off by some of the tweets that I get from some of the people, listeners and stuff, for being sort of a bit too straightforward sometimes in the sense of I don't really get too up and down on people and I'm always prepared to be proven wrong in that respect because the fact that they're there and playing at that level, they're obviously very, very talented well, in we've, the first We've place. seen it from so you. So you know that in a split second you're going to be made a fool if you write somebody off Yeah, of course, very but quickly. not only that, and we've said this I've said it every time we mention Benteke despite his form with us he's still in the Belgian squad mm. which is arguably one of the best squads in yeah, world, yeah, in yeah, world yeah, football yeah, yeah. Yeah. and he's, so Martinez picks him for every squad he might not get off the bench every time but he's picked for the squad and that's ahead of some really good quality players so clearly they still see something in him and well, he, we, he, we know he's capable of scoring 17 goals in the Premier League because he's done it for us Speaking of Belgian players we had a question from one of our patrons Charlie Sullivan Hi Charlie who says Batshuayi 22 million January, yes or no? And I'm guessing that's in relation to a story I think that's been in the press recently. Uh, 100% yes. My, I mean, my instinct has always been that Wilf 
will go to Chelsea. They've and, still got the embargo in January. Well, though, they, 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 they have. I don't think it. I think it, they're appealing it. I think they can sell players, can't they? But they can't buy. They can't bring yeah, players but in. I don't. I mean, if they sell, they've only got Abraham, Giroud, and uh, and. Amici, yeah, strikers, but I so think I don't think it will happen in January. My, I think the trans the transfer embargo might work in our favour because because of the young players they've brought through. I think when the embargo ends, they're going to have spare players to offer us for for Wolf. Because I think whatever Steve Parrish says, I don't think and Selzy will know he knows the market and the business better than I do. But I don't think any club in football in Europe or Britain will pay eight eighty million quid up front in one lump. I don't for, think, for, Wilf. for Wilf, assuming that Wilf will go, which I think he, he probably will. So, I'm, I'm not too sure he'll go because really? I don't. I just don't think the situation has changed very much in right. the fact that you know they've got the valuation, and I don't know that anyone would have to put the whole lot up front, but they'd have to obviously put. Well, a that's what Steve's been talking. That's what Steve's, deal. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, if somebody doesn't meet your valuation, you're not going to sell the player, and yeah. you know, Wilfred you know, unhappy or not, and that seems to have settled down. You know, let's be right about this. Wilfred Wilfred has, the club's been very good to Wilfred, you know, in terms of, you know, us bringing him through. And I'm I'm very fond of Wilfred as a, as a lad, and, and obviously I've known him since he was a little boy. But the, you know, he's not in a bad situation at Crystal Palace. He's earning an absolute fortune. He lives where he wants to live. You know, he's loved by everybody in the place. Yeah. He has, a lot, there are a lot of benefits there in that respect. So I, I'm i sure he'd like to play Champions League football. Who wouldn't? So would you and so would JD. And I would, for mm. sure. Yeah, go on him. But, you know, someone's got to come up with the money. And actually, he might play Champions League football at Palace afterwards. Oh, that's here we go. True, but, <laughs> but that's why, again, that's why I think Chelsea, he wouldn't have to move. He'd get Champions League football. They will have enough players to offer. I mean, you know, if they're talking about a deal, maybe Loftus Cheek, Batshuayi, whatever. Uh, to me, that makes the most sense. If if Wilf goes, and I'd be the happiest boy in the world if he doesn't. I, I wonder, that... Kev, with his age now, whether it will actually Wilf really happen. Yeah, you know, he's twenty twenty six. Twenty, yeah, be twenty seven. Yeah, you're, uh, you're talking about so three year contract. Yeah. It has to now, really. But then, three year contract. Someone's got to pay be... a lot of money for a twenty seven year old player, which, and is which they will never so get. Easy. They will never get that back. They won't get be, that back. He'll no. be thirty by the time they sell him. Yeah, you're not paying. But who's the new agent? Do you know anything about the new agent? He's got. I don't know that he's got one at the moment. On. I think he's under contract with the with the existing oh, people okay, right. until September next year. So right. it um, doesn't really matter in just that. Just on Batshuayi for you, then would you for that sort of money? I'd, would you bring him back I'd, given the impact? Yeah, he no, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. my view that after he came in last first of February or whatever, the third best team in the yeah, Premier League. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that and that brings me back to always the sort of criticisms of the manager every time we get beaten he's already proven that if you give him a few tools to work with he'll come up with the yeah. result and this argument that I keep hearing about oh he doesn't like flair players there's nothing wrong with flair players that work hard and, yeah, and yeah, for yeah. your team do you know yeah. what I mean as long as you've got you, the you, other players you have team. to you still as a flair player have to put your work in yeah. and you know you'd argue that the, the two players that he's heavily criticised for not playing Max Meyer and uh, Victor Camarasa haven't done enough thus far for you to say, yeah, I'd have him in my yeah, team in front of him. And actually, James MacArthur, the player who, who most often people seem to say, oh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't put him in or, you know, I'd leave him out. We don't need him. Actually, when we didn't have him at Tottenham, yeah. we weren't very good. Yeah, fair point. Um, and another question from one of our patrons, which is related to uh, January activity, from Luke Townsend. Hi, Luke. Who says, uh, what's got to be the priority in the January transfer window? For me, it's full-backs, as we have no cover there. That's full-backs, yeah, probably a good shout, isn't it? I... Or is it striker? I, I, I think we need five players. I think we need three forward players yeah. and two full-backs. I I th- the answer to this question seems to change week week in week out depending on how well we've done the week before it's like because every every second pod we we go actually do you know what the squad's better than we thought we could maybe live through to, and then <laughs> and uh, every other pod we go we need a lot of players I think <laughs> full if if you could only choose between striker and fullback I'd say two fullbacks yeah. to be perfect but I agree with Selzy I think we could do with how, how many how many players have we got that can go past someone with the ball 
Well, we say that you, we say that a lot on the pod. Not, we? not many, not many, but that's a problem. Having, you, you but having need, said that, you we need to have a couple, two or three on yeah. the pitch and two or three on the bench, and but we I, haven't got I, enough. I agree, but having said that, we are six in the table, and I that's because the manager's so good. Well, like I've told I, you before. Yeah, no, I don't. He's dis- a miracle I, worker, I, I, a fellow. I, I, do you know what I, mean? I don't disagree, but I think we've got enough. We've got enough up front to, to nick one. And obviously, I want the striker, but I think the, the area, the real priority is cover at, is fullback, without a doubt, because. I, don't, I generally don't think Kelly is cover at fullback. No, he's not. He's, so, I so, so I do so. think we need. I think I think you'd have to play. Uh, if we had to play a right back, I'd probably end up trying to stick someone like James McCarthy there, who thinking, thinks yeah, like, yeah. might do a, an okay job and sort yeah. of you know become the James down, Milner, you know, James, yeah, James Milner role that yeah. type or whatever. But but in, no, we we I we think, need. I mean, when yeah. you say we're sitting with the manager, he's. He does the job with one hand tied behind yeah, yeah, his back, really. I, I, Kev, I, I, I had to look after the... Uh, this will make you chuckle. I had to look after the West Ham game at the at Roy's team that he took to the Europa League final with Fulham. Yeah. And their team was Mark Schwarzer in goal, the back four of Aaron Hughes, wow. Chris Baird, Breda Hangerland and Paul Koncheski. Wow. Five <laughs> across midfield, Zoltan Gera, Dixon Atuhu. Crikey. <laughs> Danny Murphy, Simon Davis, and Damien, Damien Duff, Duff, and Bobby Zamora up front. And he took that team to well, the Europa League, League final. But you've a 4 1. 4 1. I mean, I'll tell you what I'm impressed with the memory there. Well, you you didn't looked, even write I, that I, down. Well, I looked Mate, it up. I read Andy, it on... Andy Sills does not get any things wrong. Thank you, Gary Bloom. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is interesting. That is interesting. I read it the other day and it stuck in my mind because I was laughing to myself thinking, yeah. this bloke must... That's a miracle. That yeah. is a miracle. Well, uh, look, speaking of Roy, we have had a few questions from him, about him. Give him a 10-year contract. Uh, and, uh, Give him a contract that's 100. Patrick Sloat <laughs> Hello, Patrick. says, simply put, when can we erect a statue of Roy for keeping us in the league and better with no money or support... And then he said something I can't repeat. Um, and then... <laughs> Give us a clue. Matt Buckland, who's one of, one of our patrons, uh, says, if Roy does leave and or retire at the end of the season, who would you want to replace him? And he's but I'd love to see Paddy McCarthy promoted, but I think he needs management at League One Championship level first. We don't, uh, Roy leaving is kind of one of these things that I think is... At the back of my... No-one wants it to happen, but we know at some point it is that going to... That terrifies me, I yeah, have to say. I agree. One of, one of the reasons... And I know this, there will be probably Sills will disagree. I know, and I'm not saying we have to push everything to get. One of the reasons I would be so delighted to get Europa League football is because I think that would mean Roy would definitely stay. I, I think my instinct is he 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 looks at the moment. But again, that changes week to week. I mean, after the Wolves game, I would have he looked like a man who didn't want to manage any football team ever. But at the moment, he looks like he's happy and he wants yeah. to. To continue, uh, uh, my worry is that d- the next manager will be Dougie Freeman. Is another of the reasons why I'm really keen for Roy to stay. I think, hmm. I think Roy, I think it's only after Roy's gone that he will get the respect and affection uh, he should get from yeah. some Palace fans. Because uh, I, I freely admit, this time last year, I didn't want him to go, but I wouldn't have been bothered if he did because we were in a, a bit of a slump. And it's he can be hard. It, even you know, Pulis Allardyce is like is an easy manager to take to in a way. Do you know what I mean? Because he plays the media game. He's always got a, a quip. He's always got something funny to say. But whereas Roy's quite internal, he's quite close, and mm. it, so it's he can be hard to love sometimes. Roy doesn't like doing those media. No, he doesn't. Well, but, it's quite clear. It's from is, a different age. Kev, the but media, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. it's a trap, isn't it? No, I agree. Roy, I, but it, I, what about your team in the Champions yeah. League places? Oh yeah, if we don't win the league, I'll be bitterly disappointed. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. Because he sets himself what, up for the I, expectation I, I, everyone to say he's failed. I don't disagree. I don't like disagree that, at you know? all. But he, he, what I'm saying is that does make him harder to. He's not a lovable. It doesn't come across as that. And I'm, I'm not saying that's a criticism, but I'm saying for a lot of Palace fans, it will only be after he's gone that we realise what a good manager well, we had. Gonna, I think yeah. that, yeah. he's yeah. mega. He's a very intelligent guy. Yeah, and he's very honest. And I don't think he. He, if people ask him questions, he doesn't pull punches yeah, really when yeah, he's yeah. answering in the respect of, well, why would you say that? Or, you know, what what do you mean? Or, you know, he's he's not, he, he's happy to take issue sometimes with the questions that he's asked. But he's clever. He won't give you a line. He won't give no, you a line. No, but he knows that obviously that's what they're fishing exactly, in for yeah. as well. You know, but, but, but I've got to say to you, the bloke <laughs> has been, and nostalgia is a terrible thing, yeah. right? And we have this habit 
of thinking that everything was much better Best, before. Yeah, yeah. When we were finished third in 1990-91 under Steve Koppel, the Croydon Advertiser was full of letters every week criticising the style of play and saying how yeah, yeah. uninspiring it was and, yeah. and boring and so on. And funny enough, one of my mates, if he's listening, I won't embarrass him by naming him. You know but who this, you are. But this is, this is exactly the kind of Crystal Palace fan conversation that drives me insane. I said, he said, yeah, well, it just doesn't feel great. I don't really like the football. I said, it's the best football we've ever played in the top level of the English game. We have more possession now in games than we've ever managed yeah. at any time. Most of our Premier League seasons have been desperately clinging on by our fingernails and backs to the wall stuff. And he said, I said to him, well, tell me in the last seven seasons, a different manager then where you've enjoyed the football more. And he said, Tony Pulis. <laughs> I said, we didn't have a shot for five <laughs> games <laughs> once on Tony Pulis. I said, yeah. and over the season he was here, we were the 20th in terms of attempts at that of 20 teams true, on yeah. the opposition's goal. But amazingly, people will remember the, the Liverpool 3-3 yeah, and yeah. things like that. And they forget the fact there were some games that yeah. we were absolutely terrible and didn't muster a shot sure, on yeah. target. I, yeah. The other and issue it, with, with Roy, of course, is... you know. It's, for 18 months, there have been constant rumours about the Americans' new owners coming in. My my fear is that if a new owner was to come in, certainly one that doesn't know English football, that Roy wouldn't seem to be a sexy manager yeah. for a new owner. That's why it's essential that uh, Steve, whatever happens, remains chairman yeah. in control yeah. or involved in doing yeah, getting the Getting rid of Roy would, of would be the yeah. worst thing that any owner could do. I think it's so do. dangerous. I, I, I think so. I mean, I think... If you think back to how, what a basket case we were after those, that short De Boer spell and how well he did to turn it. And also, by the end of that season, we were playing some really good football. Yeah, yeah. By the end of last yeah, we season, we were playing... We were going down. I remember two of my yeah. mates on the train home from Manchester, we got beat 5-0 yeah. in his third game, Fourth, I think it was. Oh, from Manchester. Manchester. Southampton yeah. at home, did yeah. his first, first game. game. Then Man City, so then Man United. United. Yeah. Yeah. And they were laughing at me at the table as we were sitting on the train because they said... Because I said I'd back him to keep us in the Premier League. They thought I was stupid, ridiculous, daft. They were calling me deluded, all sorts of things. And he did it. Yeah. Because I knew that he was that good organising the team that over time, what Roy's one of these fellas that once he gets locked in what he wants to do and week to week to week you see an improvement yeah. he's not one bloke who's going to just wave a magic wand and it's all going to go away yeah. but actually you have a long long term you have longevity with what he does because of his methods yeah. and, and in, how smart he is and, and how in, clever and in, he is in both seasons not only did we get a lot of points at the end of the season because he bedded his ideas in but we played some really yeah. good attacking football yeah so it's, we avoided yeah. relegation by 15 points, points last season. Yeah, I know. 15 points. And I'll tell you that in the two two years he's been here, our transfer dealings are minus £30 million. Pounds. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the... Tell me a bloke who can do that anywhere. Jurgen Klopp, Jose Mourinho, whoever you like. Minus thirty million pounds and keeps improving season on season. Last year it was yeah. brilliant, Roy. You've done an unbelievable job. Yeah. Let's see if we can make it a bit harder for you. <laughs> yeah. So you can yeah, see if you've got a bit more in the locker. The West, uh, yeah, the athletic piece for the last pod. The West Ham team that we beat spent one hundred and twenty-five yeah. million pounds. Cost, Halla uh, yeah. cost more than our eleven put, put together. Put on together. The so that's, that's insane. Forty-four that's, million. That is the context. That. that is the context mm. that Roy needs to be. We've got a four hundred grand right back, yeah. free transfer at centre half, million pound centre half, yeah. twelve million left back. MacArthur was what five million. Yeah, yeah. Uh, MacArthur a million or two. Yeah. Cuyate five or six. Townsend was twelve. What? No, he didn't start. Did he? Jeffrey Schlupp. 12 or 14 Wilfred a 3 I think yeah. back from Man United yeah. are, you are you a million pound in the yeah, summer yeah. peanuts yeah. peanuts ridiculous um, good stuff yeah good questions there uh, and that obviously last one was from Matt Buckland who is in our WhatsApp club which is the on the Jason Punchin tier of our patron go to patron.com well, forward slash FYP podcast I've got a question to ask you about these tiers here we, here we go no no it's the only the Jason th- Punchin tier is very high after the penalty at Tottenham <laughs> <laughs> it's right well, on the back of the stand also <laughs> three levels it's up. a belting tier also it seems to be the only tier it's not the, we've only no, ever read, the Julian Speroni tier. Said, we've it? only ever read questions out from somebody on the Jason Punchin tier. Well, no, basically, if you join the Jason Punchin tier and there's two above it, you join the you get to join the WhatsApp. Club. What are the two above it? 
So in other words, JD sold out. The more money you pay, the more likely you are to get a question on. So the Jason Punchin tier, you join the WhatsApp club. Then there's the Jeff Thomas tier. Right, okay. At 10, 10 euros, $10 a month. And with that, that's you, get, you get some free merchandise with that as well. Euros and dollars, that's another issue. And then the top one is the Julian Speroni tier, okay. which is $20 a month, which quite a few people have joined. Um, and you get invited on the podcast. And in fact, we might be getting a few... Are those people coming on very soon? Well, actually on the podcast. Actually on the... Is that what the... you've done, Sales? Is that what you're here this week? That's me signing up. I'll get allowed to come on. I mean, right. what about well, that's it? working then. That's good. Yeah, tonight, um, look, last couple of questions then. Uh, it's been some good questions this week. Um, yeah, Matthew Harrison. Hello, Matthew. Says, no match this week. Uh, so a broad question. What is each of your pre-match routines? I know what yours is. It starts with a P and ends in Orson's. <laughs> Uh, yes, my pre-match routine pretty much starts... If I'm not in the Porsons by 12 o'clock pre-match, I'll get a bit <laughs> 12 hands. o'clock? Yeah, it's only, it's only, two, it's only two and a half hours yeah, in the... Right, in the yeah, fair enough. There's, You've got to get there early for the sandwiches as there's well. A lot of, yeah, and there's a lot of people in there, so... Very true. Yeah. You know, uh, and then, of course, the, the important part of the pre-match routine is turning right out of the bunny hole. Right. Which obviously more people are doing this mm. season because we're playing quite well. <laughs> And yours is probably prawn sandwiches, I imagine. Prawn sandwiches. Yeah, in the executive lounge. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> that was a bit low, wasn't it? A bit low. low, it? A bit low. I don't like prawns for what it's worth. Do you have a pre-match fancy. routine? No, not really. I always have a baked I, sausage I, sandwich I, as well. I uh, I sit at home if, it's a home, if it's a home game, have a few cups of tea, a <laughs> bit of an omelette or something, and then... Uh, Mosey on down. Yeah, then wander up and pay for hospitality and arrive about 10 to 3. <laughs> Brilliant. And we've got another question. You're not, having, you're not having a bit of an omelette, so let's be honest here. Well, it depends, you're having, you're depends if I've upset the missus or not, if I get the beans and the hash brown. Right, and then uh, Aidan Grant. Hi, Aidan. I'm, I'm intrigued by this one. says, who are your local non-league teams? Here's your chance to give them a good bit of promotion, which is a great opportunity. Non-league day, of course, uh, was, was last weekend. Yes. Um, well, I was brought up to Inga Mitchum. Was brought, I was brought up near... Uh, one of the reasons... I'm so Netflix obs- nearest your home now. Probably would be now. The run the reason I'm so, I'm so obsessed with Palace is that the bit of South London I was brought up with is sort of Tooting, sort of Mitcham, sort of Streatham. There's nothing there. There's no. Yeah. You can't really point to it on a map. It's near Tooting, Bet Comedy. You can't. It's yeah. There's a different postcode halfway up the road and different <laughs> borough next. It's so. It's, so that my, all my identity comes from being a Palace fan, but. Tooting the Mitcham was certainly the, the closest. And I, we used to have when Palace were away, we'd always go to Tooting the Mitcham. Home games, so, uh, got a nice yeah. new stadium. Wimbledon so. were a non-league club as well back when I was a when I was a kid. Dulwich Hamlet's not too far. Croydon, Dulwich Hamlet is always a good day out. Actually, yeah, yeah. Fair. Well, it is for you because you're a hipster, so you're not, a, wow. a proper hipster club. I, play, I hipster played club. for Croydon. Played at played for Bromley. Did you? Funny story for Bromley. I was Tuesday night game. We were playing Croydon. It's about must be 1989, and uh, we're winning with a couple of minutes to go. About four one. I put the ball down to take a goal kick. My old man is standing behind the goal in the terrace, right? Palace are playing at Liverpool that night. <laughs> so I've looked round and they're making the sale. I goes, what's the score? So he's giving me like the five and the four, like, and his two hands. <laughs> so we used to have bath in those days, right? So I've gone back into the dress and got in the bath. I goes, Palace, Liverpool, I don't know who's winning, but it's 5-4. <laughs> and then one of the ladies go, go, Palace got beat 9-0. <laughs> That was uh, oh, unbelievable. That's I think, amazing. I think it was the first season of Soccer Saturday, whatever it was, when we, I think it's Ray Wilkins only start Liverpool beat 6 0. Yeah. First day of 6 1, first day of I was really optimistic that day yeah, before, and uh, well. I thought we were going to do really well. A mate of mine who wasn't there got really angry because he said at the, at the end in the roundup, he, he turned it on and said, uh, There's a seven goal thriller at Sellers Park. Jeff said he thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's uh, a great story. 5 4. Good. Yeah. Uh, some g- good no- local non league teams. My non league team, local, yeah. Chesham Athletic. Oh, cool. Formerly yeah. managed by. Palace player. Palace staff. Palace coaching. Palace coaching staff. Chesham. Who would that? Bob Dowie. Bob Dowie. Really? And, yeah. yeah. At, who brought a player from Chesham, I think then to Oldham possibly. Fitz Hall. Who then played for Palace. Fitz Hall. Yeah. Really? So there you go. So Breeding, Fitz Hall's Breeding. playing at Chesham now? No, no. he was. Oh, he, he was, was before he, Bob he, and he made it professionally. Um, Breeding ground for Palace legends there. Chesham. There you go. Uh, Chesham I don't United. even know who my local non-league team is where I live now, actually. You're in the city, aren't you? Canary Wharf. Oh, yeah, I don't know the near. I mean, you've got so many Someone league East. Clapton, you've got sort of Millwall. Like Clapton, yeah, you've got Millwall, well, West Ham. It would have been Orient, wouldn't it, last year? Millwall, West Ham, Charlton. Orient, or, yeah. Orient, all sort of equidistant from where I live now. Um, they're all about two or three, four miles each. And 
I don't know where the nearest non-league club is. You've probably got to go... Well, next international break, I'll check that, you can find yeah. out and you can go and watch them on non-league yeah, yeah. day. Um, yeah. Thank you for your questions. After the break... That's some good questions this week, yeah, weren't they? Very interesting. I these, well thought out. I the international break specials. obviously gives them time to think. Yeah, yeah. I Stops them being writing expletives about their performance. We have, we, have good, we have good questions every week. We do, but Not I always from these. the Jason Punch and Tear, I admit. You know, but, you know, <laughs> sometimes when the plebs are allowed to get their questions in. <laughs> it was a nice mix. And I can't, I can't tell you how many times I had the words free the pod shouted at me on <laughs> Once when I was going into a toilet cubicle, so I didn't have a chance to say anything, so I apologise. You know that, that, that will happen forever, even <laughs> when if the pod ever stops being a thing, which it won't. Um, after the break, we're going to preview Palace's next game because domestic football is back, Hooray. and it's oh, it's home to Man City. Yeah. Easy, It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Pod 302. It's part three. We're going to preview Palace's next game because domestic football, thank God, is back. And it's a tough one. Oh, at home to Man City. And in fact, Kevin, we've got a question from Michael Van Sant. Hello, Michael. Who says, how many points do we expect to get in the next five games? And of course, in a strange quirk, the next five games are all against teams above us. The top five, as it goes. Yeah, I. we had a question on the last pod which said, how Palace would it be to get 15 points from the next five games and none from the next... <laughs> the the five games after the next five are what you'd call winnable games. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I'm trying to look at the how many points you'd expect from the next 10 games. To be honest, and this is unusually optimistic for me... 30 points? No, I think... You'd take 20, I think it was 28. Paul, I think it was Paul Merson. Drawing one of them. I think, yeah, well, I think it was Paul Merson who said after the last round of games on some, I mean, it might have been the debate or whatever, they were talking about this, and he went, he said, if you're a Palace fan, it's only Liverpool or Man City that you'd be thinking, we can't get anything out of these. And he's, he also said at home, that nobody would be, look, nobody would be looking for Palace, Liverpool won't be looking forward to playing Palace. Well, this I, season, I you know, our home form's turned around. So I don't, in previous seasons, you'd be going, that how typical of that is Palace, you know, we've, but in previous seasons, we'd be going in with seven points or three points yeah. two seasons ago. We've already got a buffer. Yeah. I don't think we will lose all five games. I think we'll get I think we'll get five points from the next five games. And then I think we'll get points. I'd be very I'd, happy I'd be, with that. If we, can get 12, if we can get 12 points in the next... If we can go into the next part of the season with 24, 25 points, which I think we're capable of... We're looking I'd be, all right. I'd be, yeah, I'd, and I'm... It's because normally I'm always looking for the wheels to come off. I'm always listening for the rattle in the in the engine. Yeah. But I I just think there's something about this. It, you know, it, even though everything we've said about fullbacks and strikers, I think there is something about the Palace team that I don't. I haven't got as much fear as I used to. I mean, having said that, these could be famous last words when Cahill I, and Kelly I, get I'm this, yeah. Pulled but I haven't got place. as much City, fear either. City were because poor. You trust Roy. You've got this feeling that. He finds a way. We don't have yeah. bad runs. Well, when he's the manager, uh, yeah, do yeah, we? and and I think City. Everybody's saying, "Oh God, City are going to be bouncing back," but they something something not quite right with City this season. Yeah. Central defensively, they've not done well. They're they've not, got problems. Yeah, and I think if De, for all the quality they've got, if De Bruyne is not playing, I I would. Yeah. I still don't expect Palace to win that game. To be perfectly honest, but I wouldn't be. Amazing we shouldn't expect, but it's to, not impossible. But it's is not. It? It's absolutely not impossible. I don't. I don't think you can bracket Arsenal, Leicester, even Chelsea with with Man City and Liverpool. I think I think of the ten games coming up, we've got two that are exceptionally difficult, three that are tricky. So I, I certainly don't think I know they're, they're, they are above us, but I don't think that necessarily means they are better teams than I, us. At I, the moment. I think we've missed a trick this summer, in all honesty, because I actually think Liverpool and City apart, the other four in the of the big six. Mm are not really in a position where they're going to be at their best. Chelsea, because of the transfer window. Arsenal defensively don't look great to me. Tottenham, there are problems there, really. I think they haven't been able to... Funny club in the sense that Pochettino wants to sell 
wants to sell players that he doesn't fancy. Daniel Levy wants to get the the top money for them. If he doesn't get the money, he doesn't sell. Therefore, they don't make the changes. Yeah, yeah. The players are unsettled. As a result, I think that's that's a problem for them. The Ericsson situation seems to have unsettled them far more than Zahar did with us. I think he's not the only one. I think they've got seven players out of contract or something really? this summer. And, and, you know, Eric Dyer knows he's not wanted, really, and yet he's there. And Danny Rose knew that they were trying to sell him, so, and he's yeah, not there. Yeah. And, and so he is there. And Vertonghen, the same, and things like that. So you've got a bit of a strange situation with that what I was going to say to you about us is that we've got a very funny funny situation because I've got to tell you and I had this conversation at the West Ham game if you put our team sheet on the table at two o'clock for the opposition they ain't going to be sitting there thinking oh my god yeah, look yeah. at him look at him look at yeah. him they don't you know they probably go oh there's Wilfred Zaha but the rest of them they're not going to be sitting yeah. you know Jeffrey Schlupp yeah, all right. You know, James McCarver, yeah, all right. You know, that's yeah. no one's gonna be fearful of us, but we've as a unit, this is very much Roy's thing, you know, that as a unit he he gets players that do what he needs them to do, they're very workmanlike, very diligent. And then you've got that flash of Wilfred who can win your football matches. Well, really quickly then just on the city game, then yeah, can can we get a result? Obviously, beat them away last season. Can can we do it? it? It's I don't expect us to, but no, it's not beyond the realms of fantasy. I mean, I I think the Wolves podcast before the away game at Man City, they'd be there'd be one optimistic idiot saying, "Hey, we could do this," or whatever they speak. But um, I I uh, that was more scarce than Wolves. Wasn't oh, it? Like, <laughs> mate. But you know, I don't. It's, it's not. It, in previous years, you'd be going, no, that's dreamland. But no, I, we got the nil-nil at Sellers. Yeah. And we played well. Yeah. Deserved, missed the penalty at the death, didn't we? We, yeah. we deserved the win only, last year yeah. away. So no, it's not, I, as I say, I think it's going to be a very tough game. But I don't think the other three games out of that five are Well, are we've, last impossible. time we beat Arsenal, we beat them. Last time we beat Leicester, we beat them. Yeah. So, you know, I these think, teams are beatable. I think JD Kev's right in the sense that you shouldn't go there expecting anything. We're not entitled. And this is yeah. like West Ham. We're not entitled. Yeah. You know, the money they've spent, the opponent, the level of the opponent, we're not entitled. But at the same time, if we beat Manchester City on Saturday evening and overtake them in the league, I mean, we'll be in what? dreamland come Saturday that, night. That's a very good point. But the it bet. wouldn't, it oh won't God, be really? an absolute, it won't be an absolute, I won't fall off my chair thinking, how have we done that? Yeah. But, because I know he's capable of putting a team together that will make it difficult for any opponent. Somebody, right, well, somebody looking at the league table who's never been to a football game before would go, "Well, oh, they're only two points behind yeah, Man City." So, yeah. and also the, the, bringing it back to Roy Hodgson, I don't know JD's flapping his arm frantically, which is his signal for we I need to that, stop. I thought that was your eagle impression. That was <laughs> but, a, you were backing us to win, JD. Uh, well done, to, by the way. Was. Well done to Pete and uh, Alice for doing so well on the march. Uh, on Saturday but I think to come back to Roy Hodgson I'm I'm guessing all five of those teams that we're playing will be going that's a tricky game coming up but all five managers will at some stage use the word respect about Roy Hodgson oh undoubtedly Guardiola in particular has always talked about Hodgson but all five of them will be saying he's a he's a tricky manager he's a hard manager to beat so beating us will be a good result for all of them. Agreed. And I think that's a great part to leave the pod on. So, lads, thank you for being here for this international break Absolute question pleasure. special. Pleasure. Nice to well, see you, JD. Hopefully you'll come again in the next few months, will you? And, uh, well, and when he can afford to be, right, when he can okay. afford the Jeff Thomas tier, yeah. then, he'll, then he'll be here as a host every week. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank Have you, you got for a your... this Lackis tier as well, or not, for that one he scored over against Maybe Arsenal in the future. Maybe we in the future. It'll be 30p. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your questions this week. Uh, there'll be a pod extra after the Man City game, of course, and then we'll be back next week with the full pod. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insights said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. 
I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.